December 2023 brings about a time for reflection on the year that was for bookkeepers across Australia. Welcome to the ICB News Channel. My name is Rob Marshall and it is my pleasure to sit down and have a chat with the Vice Chair and Executive Director of the Institute of Certified Bookkeepers, Mr Matthew Addison. Welcome to the ICB News Channel, Matthew. Thanks, Rob. Um, thanks for the invite once again, and it's really good to be here and have a chance to have a think about 23 with an eye on what 24 could look like, Rob. We, we started the year by putting the lens on 2023 and beyond for the professional bookkeeper, but I, I think along the way, the challenges haven't just been for professional bookkeepers. We know that uh, there's plenty listening in right now, Matthew, who are uh, bookkeepers in employment. We've got those who are emerging in the bookkeeping space with our students, but we've also got our small business owners who quite often do their own books and are sitting at home diligently when most people aren't aware, working late into the night doing their books. It's been a challenging year. Um, It's been a really, really challenging year for everybody all around. We're going to dig into that today. That's where we're going to go. Um, we're going to sort of examine all the different things that we, as the Institute of Certified Bookkeepers, have tackled this year and um, and really put a lens on where we think bookkeeping is at right now, but also, again, as you've referenced, moving into the new year. Now, before we get into our dance move too soon, um, I want to just call out that uh, at the end of this episode... There's also some important announcements that we want you to hang around for from our CEO, Amanda Linton, the CEO of the Institute of Certified Bookkeepers, about some exciting stuff that's coming up in 2024. So whilst uh, Matthew and I might get a little bit deep and hopefully not too dark, Matthew, uh, over the next uh, 15, 20 minutes, whatever it might be, make sure you do hang in there. We've got some really exciting things coming up in the world of bookkeeping in 2024. So hang in for those announcements from Amanda, our CEO. But Matthew, this world of ours and especially the world of bookkeeping and small business, as I've said, has uh, faced challenges at the back end of the pandemic. Um that in some ways possibly this year have been as equally as difficult as during the pandemic. What? Where do we go? We've got interest rates at record highs. We've got staffing problems for small business. We've got supply issues, overhead costs continuing to spiral. What's What's the view of the bookkeeper when it comes to all of this? So, Rob, yeah, look, you've already used the pandemic word, so you've broken my rule number one. I I don't want to use the uh, COVID word anymore. Uh, The pandemic word is the politically correct version I'm nearly prepared to accept. But, Rob, it is a state of fact. It repositioned our economy. It repositioned business. And despite some great support, by government, right, both federal and state in terms of JobKeeper, if I think of New South Wales, the micro-grant, the small business grant, the um, Victoria did the same, other states did the same to support business. We've got to 2023, COVID isn't having the direct impact, but we've got the economic fallout from, from that era and the economy is doing it really tough. So you called out some of the factors But when I talk to Small Business Australia, when I talk to our members, um, those supply line issues we had in the past seem to have cleared up. But what that did is it repositioned a lot of how we do business. So we actually had to change our supply lines or uh, accept higher costs. And that's led to it's more costly to do business. So 23 really has been a year I, I feel of, most small business rethinking how they do things, um, trying to adapt to a new business paradigm. Having said that, some businesses are doing really, really well. But, Rob, you and I have talked many times about some industries that businesses, there's more businesses closing down than are setting up. So it has been a uh, an interesting year. There are is some commentary coming out now that indicates... Um, the economies might be, I was going to say picking up, but it's not the word I want to use. Um, 
might be showing signs of not getting worse. Uh, there's a bit of commentary um, that the interest rates might come off a little bit. There's a few signs that inflation might come off a little bit. Now, funnily enough, they're directly related. I don't know what your fuel prices are like in WA, Rob, at the moment, but here we're back to the somewhere between 160 and 180, which is a far better than 220 to 240. Um, you know, so all in all, where are we at? I think it's been a really tough year. And I think 2024, I'm trying to go, 2024 is going to be a year of just being able to rebuild where we're at. Do you want to explain to our listeners, you know, maybe even some of our members tuning in would go, why, why do we need to even sort of spend time talking about, thinking about the economy as bookkeepers? We've got a job to do. We know what needs to be done, you know, and it is very process-driven, et cetera. What, do you want to explain the connections that ICB, the Institute of Certified Bookkeepers, have as a voice into small business and the connectors that make us as bookkeepers or should make us as bookkeepers very in tune with what's happening in our economy, especially with small business? Yeah, I'm going to avoid your question, so make sure I come back and answer it. <laughs> you do that regularly uh, anyway, so... Yeah. <laughs> Um, Rob, look, as bookkeepers and as people providing services to business in Australia, you know, when do bookkeepers really thrive? When can we deliver value, but not only deliver value, when can we get value back into our own business? When can we get rewarded for the professional level of service that we provide? Because bookkeepers tend to be really close to their businesses. We really struggle to put our charge rates up or even compare our charge rates up to our professional uh, professional colleagues, the accounting industry. You know, junior accountants tend to be charging more than even a very advanced bookkeeper would. Why have we got this difference going on? It's because we emotionally attach so much more to our clients and our, the businesses we either work in or work for. Um, and, Rob, if our economy is bubbling, boy, it's easier for us to be seen to how much value we can add. We as bookkeepers implementing better digital processes and streamlining things and using the best tech, we can spend some of our business's money and use tech better. So we're in a thriving environment, productivity goes up, we're in a better space. In the tough year we've had, um, I keep going back to, you know, Maslow's Pyramid. When you've got limited resources, you do a lot less. So if you're really strapped for cash, you're really strapped for resource, you do the bare minimum that you have to do. So in a business sense, they buy the goods in that they have to buy, they work more hours, they pay themselves less. Yeah, they look after their, their team as much as possible, but what we've seen in 2023 is less people on the team. We've actually seen less hours offered to so much of the, the team that work in business. So why do I think it's important for, for us as bookkeepers to have a good economy around us? Because it makes our job so much easier to help business. Uh, Rob, where you were leading with your, your question was also um, the work that the Institute of Certified Bookkeepers does to have a voice on behalf of our community and have a voice on behalf of business. So because we as ICB, we're made up by, what, 7,500 bookkeepers that are out there working with, you know, between two and in some cases 250 clients each, um, we touch a lot of business in Australia. We know what's going on and through um, network meetings, through our Facebook group, we just have all these contact points. ICB sits here and we hear what's going on. We hear the frustrations. We hear, frankly, sometimes we hear what the tax office is doing before parts of the tax office know they were doing it. Um, so as a, <coughs> as a representative, as a voice of small business and the bookkeeping community, we take that information, we go, take it back to the regulators we take it back to government as far as possible. Uh, Rob, as you know, and our members hopefully know, we are a member of COSBOA, Council of Small Business Organisations of 
Australia, which is a small business advocacy voice. So through that, we get into more discussions and more points of influence to really take our reality and suggest, government, if you did it this way, it would actually be better. Brilliant. Brilliant. No, I don't think you avoided the question. You actually answered it better than I asked it in the first place. So, uh, uh, yeah, absolutely, those connections, um, the work that the Institute of Certified Bookkeepers does do, oh, does do uh, how's that English, um, <laughs> is completed on a daily basis is exceptional. For our small business owners listening in, if you've got an, a bookkeeper who works alongside you, you can be assured that the, the information that uh, they're working with is not only up to date, but quite often is ahead of the race, as Matthew's called out. So um, great answer to that question. If you're uh, struggling with Maslow's Pyramid, by the way, uh, maybe just go and Google it. Uh, I'm sure there's uh, something on there about, <laughs> about Mr. Maslow, for those of us who uh, go back a, a ways. Um, Some of the challenges, Matthew, that um, bookkeepers specifically, and again, small business have faced this year outside of the economy, have been around um, process, around compliance. Um, We saw the full implementation of single-touch payroll phase two this year. Um, I guess my question is, rather than go over too much about how that works or whatever. We've got that covered in previous episodes for those who want to go back. If you're not sure, I think most are well and truly on the way now and working well with single touch payroll too. Is is there a potential that there is a next with this or where, where are we going and what is the importance of the data that the ATO is collecting now through single touch payroll phase two? Rob, STP2, I think we've uh, incurred the burden of implementing it. Uh, I think we're there. Uh, by and large, we are yet to see the big benefits that are actually happening in the background and are going to happen using the Single Touch Payroll 2 data. Um, I'm going to call out the uh, the wonderful promise that was made that we would never fill in separation certificates because it's hiding in the STP2 data. Yes. We're not there yet. I'm not letting the ATO forget they made that promise or government forget they made that promise. Um, So hopefully one day we can get rid of those mammoth numbers of separation certificates we issue each year when we we terminate somebody. But STP data pre-filling activity statements, Rob. So it makes perfect sense that the PIYG W1 and W2 on the BAS get pre-filled. Now, there's an active beta in process of doing that. I think it's 3,000 taxpayers. They're pre-filling W1, W2. That will roll out further, uh, and we've talked about that a lot during the year. There's some other logic coming um, with some thought bubbles around payday super, Rob. Uh, Government announcement about we're going to head to bringing the payment of super closer to the the time of the pay event. Um, I won't get too deep into that because I've got various views about what can happen in the next two years versus what can happen in the ultimate vision statement. But what we might get out of this payday super is using single-touch payroll to data fields to actually be able to map into super guarantee fields in a lot more simpler manner. Dream world, there was a project run by the Attorney-General's Department to use STP2-type labels in the awards and to map the award categories back to STP2 quite deliberately. Clearly, that opens up streamlined software, a lot more um, synchronisation about what we do in our software compared to what's in the awards. So STP2, Rob, I think our end of the hard yards has been done. I think the benefits are yet to actually be realised a lot. Um, but uh, there's, yeah, there's still a journey to go with STP. So you've touched on the other, or amongst many, many topics that we could talk about, and we've still got a few we will unpack, but you've already moved into beautifully or segued beautifully into the next thing that not only was the topic of 2023 is an ongoing topic and that's superannuation for employers, um, the, the the SG, the superannuation guarantee. Uh, we saw another increase to that for employers back in 
um, one July, another half percent increase, and we see another increase next year. Um, what I want to talk about, you've mentioned the payday super, which is still a ways off yet, and we will unpack that more um, perhaps next year and in the, the year or two ahead. But the challenges that surround late payment of super. Now, we've got an article in our November newsletter um, for the ICB members and, and non-members, you can get access, um, which calls out the fact that the ATR are acknowledging that employers are definitely doing better with getting super in on time. That, that, that seems to be the case. But they have also called out that they're aware that the, there are plenty who still are not achieving those goals. So the term superannuation guarantee charge sends fear through some, the SGC. At the start of this year, you, you identified some of the, the anomalies within software and some of the issues around employers doing the right thing and yet still potentially facing the SGC regime. You raised it at our annual summit um, and wrote um, some significant resources around that. Do you want to just outline that again? Because I think that message gets lost occasionally. The SGC keeps popping up, in uh, certainly on our support lines, um, around when it, when it should be incurred, um, but probably more so when perhaps we don't need to incur it because the employer has tried everything they can to get the super through. Yeah, Rob, um, our voice has been pretty large in the current debates around payday super and the whole super guarantee charge system is it's unfair on the employer at the moment about our level of liability and obligation. Um, in my head and the way we have started expressing it to government, an employer should become liable from the super after they've got all the right super information from the employee. After there's a payday, they've then got an obligation. And that obligation remains on the employer up until they hit the button to go pay. Then it is up to the banks to pass the money on, the clearinghouses to pass the money on, the gateways to paste the data on, and the super funds to actually process it to the member. So right now, super guarantee charge applies to us as the employer from the start right through to the end. And that just feels wrong to me in a 2023 digital world. So that's one of the things we have on the table um, to change that, um, change that obligation on the employer. Now, having said that, right now we have the Act that was written some 25 years ago there is obligations on the employer. Yes, you can make a payment to the ATO's clearinghouse, but we all know that has some processing anomalies or interesting facts in it. So in the employer's view of the world moving forward, where do we go with super and super guarantee and super guarantee charge? It is a fact you're going to have to pay it sooner. We now need the software companies and the super system to step up so that we can efficiently pay it sooner. Will that be payday? Will that be payday plus 10 days? Will that be monthly plus 10 days? Um, is all still under discussion. We So superannuation is clearly an ongoing discussion and you've called that out again, that the ICB is playing a major role in that um, Trying to, to trying to unweave the complexities around especially reporting superannuation. You throw into the mix then the other challenges that have come up this last 12 months in particular and interweaved in there with digital reporting through single-touch payroll phase two, through superannuation and lots of other events that are now becoming more and more online-based, the growing, um, uh, the growing presence of um, online services for business. Then comes the concern around cybersecurity and all the things that can um, that we are now aware can collide together in our online world around cybersecurity. The numbers continue to grow, the scams continue to become more complex and, and uh, there are ways that uh, the scammers are getting through now that we didn't probably envisage 12 months ago. Where do you see small business and the bookkeepers um, who play that role within small business going with cyber moving forward? What are the important call-outs call for cyber in 2024, do you believe? 
Rob, look, it's a it's a good intro and it's a good call out. And cyber and cybersecurity just means so much. Um, I I think we're our points of um, real concentration at the moment are about this personal identity and identity theft. Um, as agents, we've been on this journey for a long time, right? To get access to ATO services, to get access to ATO online services for agents, we had to step up. We had to get MyGovID some time ago. We got used to, in our own case, MyGovID, strong identity with MyGovID, possibly using RAM, linking ourselves in and getting permission. Um, but this cybersecurity world has led the ATO to going, look, there are some gaps with accessing the ATO system and client agent linking was born to try and close one of these gaps in the process. So as we go on this journey of a better cybersecurity world, various things are both under development or have been imposed on us. Now, client agent linking, um, we have a process, it's there, it relies on a number of factors that you and I won't let our blood pressure go boil on <laughs> right at the moment. Um, the ABR being up to date, knowing who are the authorised people on the ABR, then connecting the entity to the people. There's a number of processes that have to be in place, including the business owner having a passport so they can get a strong ID. Now, I don't disagree with the issue we're solving. We have a how to do it now. 2024, I'm hoping for how version two. Mm. Um, Rob, the whole cybersecurity environment, um, Cosbauer has with the now with Commonwealth Bank, with Telstra, and now with the Australian government have launched the Cyber Wardens Program. Strongly recommend to all listeners, whether you're in business, you're a business owner, whatever, if you're on your computer, you're logging into a computer, go to Cyber Wardens, uh, Google that, run the program. Um, it'll give you some basic introductions to basic cybersecurity. One of the big call-outs, Rob, that I really like at this time of the year, when you shut down for Christmas, actually shut your computers down. Don't just put them to sleep. Don't just turn the screens off. Yep. Because now is the time the hackers try to hack into your system. So you might come back after the Chrissy New Year break and find that your data is in a whole different world. Um, so shutting the computers down is a good thing. So a lot of journey here, Rob, a lot of discussions. I think we're going to hear cybersecurity a lot more over the next year. And I suppose the other aspect of online data, you know, the progression that we just continue to see grow at a rapid rate um, that cropped up uh, significantly in 2023 that we really hadn't heard much about before and that's the use of artificial intelligence in the, uh, in the, in the small business world or in the business world and in our bookkeeping world. Um, we spent a lot of time this year unpacking that. We had lots of uh, episodes of the news channel. Um, also, we had uh, some technical webinars. And, of course, we put a major focus on artificial intelligence at our annual summit this year. I suppose, again, where to next is the question with AI. Um, we've called out this year it's about some caution. It's about harnessing those aspects of it that will work for you effectively but also, as I said, some caution. What what do you see happening in the in the twenty four um, year ahead with AI? AI is an interesting one, Rob. For for I mean, for us, for those on the um, keeping watch in the space, I actually think professional bookkeepers have been using a lot of what people label as AI for a long time. You know, machine learning, automated processing. We've been developing and using these. Uh, a lot in our practices and what is coming to the fore is more discussion about using those sort of techniques. Um, as professionals, as businesses, we do what our software allows and what our software develops to. So, yeah, my call out, if you like, apologies to the software companies, is software companies bring us the best processes using 2023, if not 2050s technology. Bring it forward, right? Yeah. Um, Help us do business really smart. I like where a lot of the AI discussion is going. I'm not a big chat GPT user. 
realm, but I know others are and are finding a lot of benefit over it. What I've liked about the chat GPT discussion is people have worked out what it can do, where it's a little buggy's the wrong word, but the result might not be constructed in the best way possible. So they use it as a generator of ideas or a generator of contact and then they put the human review over the process of it. And uh, I think Microsoft have released another version of a, a um, uh, same sort of artificial intelligence. Let me bring that back into business world, Rob. Our bookkeeper's world, uh, members know that we really pushed you to look at some anomaly detection software, the expert product. Where does that take us? That takes us to the next level of using AI techniques. What's the AI techniques? Big data, big data analysis, and out pops the trend or the thing that's looking wrong. That's using AI the best way possible. We can leap forward by um, using some of these programs that really help us into 2024 and beyond. And I've got to say, that's my takeout on the year of, of, you know, in my case, spending a lot of time inside AI. I love your call out about ChatGPT and its, and its limitations and yet it's, it's, it can be effective and certainly that's what we've been able to implement in our own practice here in Western Australia, our bookkeeping practice. But the anomaly detection and the, and the ability to do that has taken my ability as a bookkeeper to another level, hands down. Uh, I'm very happy to attest to the fact that I'm using uh, that anomaly de- detection process of AI with my client's data um, to a very, very high level now and it is very, very effective and has definitely value added to not only me as a bookkeeper but also my clients who uh, we are in that conversation with. So uh, great call-outs around AI. Finally, you, you did mention client-agent linking. It is the the elephant in the room uh, for those of us in um, the bookkeeping world right now of December 2023. Um we won't unpack it again because we've done that before. I guess the question is, as um, has been with all the topics we've discussed today, what is uh, the ICB doing or trying to do to, to further that process and to refine it and help um, a- the ATO in particular understand the challenges that are occurring and perhaps call out with um, small businesses listening in right now um, the, the side of it that we haven't talked a lot about, and that's the small business owner dealing with the bookkeeper around client-agent linking. Do you want to give us some insights there? Rob, the conversation hasn't stopped. So as I said, I'm hoping there's a client-agent linking version two that can be developed and discussed next year to, to try and streamline the process a little bit. Right at the moment, my best advice to members is really hold the hand of your uh, businesses you're working with, be that your employer or be that your uh, your clients, really hold their hand to work through because we do this all the time. We're used to government websites and interfaces and we might have played with the ABR and played with Relationship Authorisation Manager and played inside online services for agents or for business. We do it all the time. Your businesses might do it once in a blue moon. And in fact, what is obvious, Rob, is some businesses don't play with this stuff once in 20 years. They got their ABN in the year 2000 and they haven't updated it since. So, look, where are we at? Bookkeepers, hold the hands of your business owners. Where's the stumbling block? If the business owner doesn't have a passport, the best thing they can do, set up MyGovID to whatever strength you can get it and then ring up MyGovID and do your other proofs of identity so they manually upgrade you to a strong identity. Then the next question is, is the ABR up to date? And you've actually got a, my best advice at the moment, set up your strong ID with MyGovID, get into Relationship Authorization Manager, see whether you're connected. So stick in the ABN of the entity that you want to connect or it'll come up in the list of, yes, you are a person for these entities. Which one do you want to connect to? Um, if you're not there, then you've got to ring up the ABR and try to get find out who's authorised or how to get the right people now authorised. Um, 
We just need to work with it, Rob. Where you and I are seeing a lot of chatter about the very frustrated bookkeeper or the very frustrated business who's not prepared to engage. So that's why I'm now suggesting to the bookkeepers, the professionals that are listening, hold the hand of your businesses to help them through the process. That way the business will have the best professional help that they want. They just have to get over this hurdle. Yeah. And I'll say that quickly. You'll say that very quickly, yes. <laughs> um, it, I guess the other thing we want to mention is that um, keep engaging as a, as a professional bookkeeper um, with us, with our various communication channels and in particular in our, um, on our ICB website, icb.org.au, um, regular news items around the next phases of resources that we're producing in particular to help you with client agent linking or help unpack it, uh, especially issues around trying to uh, work out who is the listed person on the ABR, things that Matthew's mentioned. We've got some resources that we'll continue to work through to at least help you through the process around that. Keep an eye on our December um, newsletter, newsletter that will be coming out um, at the end of December, if not already, by the time you're listening to this. And uh, we believe at minimum that will at least help you with that hand-holding that Matthew has mentioned already uh, will need to be done with with uh, business owners. Matthew. I'll just take that one step forward, Rob. Um, our related topic, uh, the professional BAS agents out there that are dealing with the clients, we've had to identify our clients this year. That was one of the new requirements that came in. Any new business you were starting to work with, you needed to do an ID check. Again, let's talk about the best use of technology. ICB partnered with Scantech to give you a really commercially viable and streamlined system to be able to ID your clients and verify their identity really quickly. So it's the same sort of issue we're dealing with, Rob, where you opened up, what's our cybersecurity risk here? One, you're getting scammed. Two, you're not talking to who you thought you were. And three, the wrong people are getting access to some pretty sensitive tax data. So we've had a year of trying to solve these issues, um, streamlined identity checks through through you know using digital solutions is just a really good place, um, and then then doing some of this identity verification work, identity checking work, the digital identity world is going to develop around us, Rob, into 2024. Government are discussing what. Um, can I say this out loud, what MyGovID might be called next year. <laughs> um, let's hope it's not the same as MyGov and MyGovID, which are very different products. <laughs> yes, but please. Let's hope it gets a new name that some of us will understand. Um, that world's changing, but it's going to be a more secure world as well. Okay. Well, you did say it out loud, so uh, we'll see if uh, Nostradamus's prediction here will come to fruition. We'll uh, watch that one with, with interest. You mentioned client, um, the, um, uh, the process of identification as being a topic we tackled throughout the year. We've tackled dozens of more topics than what we've just uh, mentioned here. Do you want to just give a few other highlights of, I think uh, I think you might have mentioned at least 20 plus topics throughout this last 12 months that we have tackled in an intense way. Do you want to sort of give a few other brief highlights throughout 23? Yeah, of those 23, we've covered off on about eight of them already, Rob, so... Um, so, look, let me call out the ATO's implementation of the new deferral system. Mm. So in, line on, in online services for agents, agents can go in and digitally apply for deferrals of lodgements and also then the payment plan tools. And that threshold for payment plans has gone up to 200 grand. So it was a great win getting a digital deferral process so that uh, it's just a lot easier for us to use and our members are telling us that's a good thing. Some other topics we've reported and still involved in, the ATO is working towards what their tax practitioner strategy for 2030 should be. And that's been a really good discussion. It's a really good perspective building discussion where we can take our reality into the tax office. So when they dream about where they want to go by 2030, They've actually got us well and truly in their ear going, think about us. How do you make our world better? Um, 
Another good thing that we have touched on, I think we announced it last month, Rob, there's a, a new deputy commissioner overlooking our space of the intermediary space in the ATO. Andrew Watson has been promoted into the deputy commissioner role. That's really good for us. Andrew does understand our space, takes our perspective. He is a DC in the ATO, so he's going to uh, hold the ATO line, but he's absolutely an advocate for us. So yes. between Andrew as the DC and Kath Anderson as the assistant commissioner, um, they, are, they are real advocates for our space. During the year, we've lived and breathed, suffered and endured the stapled super funds service from the ATO, Rob. And uh, I'm pleased to say that while I think that was a good service, I'm really looking forward to a rewrite of the legislation as part of Payday Super and allowing that stapled fund information to be a little bit more available to us in our natural business system. So just know that that's underway. And because I said the word super fund out loud again, Rob, <laughs> I am going to talk about that super guarantee charge access that BAS agents don't have visibility of that in our own online services for agents. Uh, that is still a talking point and same day super may actually bring that to light for us. Other areas of law, family domestic violence leave was brought in this year. So that 10 days started on the 1st of August for small businesses. Um, it's there. If you have the unfortunate circumstance that you or your business has to deal with family domestic violence leave, please go to our resource kits. Please go to the government's resource You've got to be really sensitive and confidential about the information and the way you record anything in the pay records. Paid parental leave took another uh, another part of its journey yes. um, last year and there's a review underway and it all happened again next year. Another look at how paid parental leave, which part's government, which part's employer, what's unpaid parental leave, that, again, Rob, I can only refer our members to our resource and for the others of you, think about connecting with us because um, it is complicated, it keeps evolving. Uh, employee contractor, Rob, is one that uh, bubbles around. Last March, we talked about the draft rules, the draft new rules. What we had in Australia is a couple of high court cases sort of uh, ruffled the feathers a lot about what's an employee and what's a contractor and the underlying rule changed. So the ATO redrafted uh, their guidelines. Those draft guidelines have now become law. Um, have a look at the work we did back in March. Early in the new year, we will be looking to update those now that they are no longer draft. Can I just say though, Australian government is also rejigging our whole industrial relations basically framework. There's a whole lot of significant changes and one of them is dealing with who's a contractor, who's an employee, what it means for an employer, how do you check, how do you get certainty and what's the consequence if you did it wrong. So that journey hasn't finished either, Rob. Uh, just quickly, let me name them. Recipient created tax invoices. Uh, fortunately, they opened it up to everybody. It used to be only a limited half dozen industries. Uh, we actually put out there a, a scary number of years ago, we tabled it should just be open slather in today's digital world. Yes. It's now the, the rules have changed. Tax practitioner board space, Rob, the registered agent space, some of you may remember a thing called the James Review. It's now five years old or coming on to its fifth anniversary since it was tabled. Some of those changes are hitting us right now. There have been two bits of law through Parliament this year that have changed the Tax Agent Services Act. We are involved in those discussions with Treasury and the Tax Practitioner Board about what it means for you as an agent. So you will have seen some uh, media commentary about you've got to dobby in other agents. Um, I'll just use the words, if you detect a serious significant breach, what is a serious significant breach? Hold your thought, 
Don't go dobbing them in for a missed tax deduction or an overheated tax deduction just yet. Um, wait for the guidance to come out. But we're involved in those discussions. Um, frankly, the chair of the TPB really does get our space and uh, I'm quite happy with the senior exec of the TPB. They get it. We've just got to help government and Treasury and everybody get on the same page. I want to call out, Rob, one of the most disappointing things coming out of the government space this year, we were going to have a modernised business register. And unfortunately, during 2023, that got shut down. Yeah. The vision is right. I'm hoping we can keep the vision alive but find the right way to move it forward. Robert, I'll just finish with my final comment about what my reflection on 2023 did when I looked back at all these sort of things that had happened, and I've only named some of them. Uh, what we need as bookkeepers, what we need as professionals is how do I do it? I might not like the why. I might not even agree with the why, but the law is the law. The process is the process. How do I do it? And when I looked back at this year, I looked at the kits upon kits upon kits of solutions that actually exist in our space. Now, ICB has a great history of producing those kits. Can I say, I think we've influenced because if you look at some of the Fair Work Ombudsman work, they're producing kits of solutions now. If you look at some of what tax office is doing, there's kits of solutions, yeah. there's different tools. I'm not saying it's all to our credit, but, hey, we'll claim it, Rob. We definitely will. <laughs> but for bookkeepers, for professionals, find out the best how-to, what's the process, what's the procedure. We're going to talk to you next year about that level of competence that level of professionalism that the TPB and others are going to be looking for in every interaction of the professional bookkeeper. Phew. When you, when you look at that in uh, summation, as you've just done, it has been a huge year. 2023, we said it at the start of the show, uh, we may be possibly outside of that uh, word that we're not allowed to say anymore, um, that, that thing that happened. Um, but this year has been as, if not more, challenging for bookkeepers, both professionally, in employment and the small business owner doing their own books and we've possibly seen, you could argue, in our history. It's been a huge year um, and will continue to be challenging. Uh, there's nothing surer than that. Uh, but your call out around the Institute of Certified Bookkeepers, if you aren't aware, if you're listening in, you're new to this conversation about who this this professional association is that works so closely to ensure that small business is up and operational each day, I'd encourage you to go to www.icb.org.au and check out all the amazing information that's on there on a daily basis, but also the opportunities that may be there for you to tap into in a, in a different way. Uh, there's membership um, availability there at different levels that you could have a look at and uh, the benefits of that um, I think Matthew's just been literally calling out for about the last five or ten minutes in particular alone on resources, kits, all the things that we provide um, to keep um, bookkeepers equipped on a daily basis. But Matthew, we're, um, we're getting towards the end. I know uh, you've got uh, another point to make, so uh, in you come. Getting towards the end, Rob. I think I've blown your time limit sky high <laughs> today, haven't I? You uh, have done that, but we'll keep going. <laughs> Rob, look, I, I did just want to summarise that and just listening to your, your words there. I want to really encourage all the professionals out there in employment, in your own business, as bookkeepers, as members, um, look after yourself while so much is happening around you. Take that breath. Um, limit your scope of what you do and what you get involved in, what you control, to something you're really happy to, to work within. Um, we use the term uh, during that era we're not talking about anymore of be rational, reasonable, realistic and professional. So I really <coughs> encourage you over this break period, depending when you're listening to it, it might have just happened, but let's take that rational approach to how we be professionals, how we conduct ourselves. Um, it 
it's hard work. Uh, staying in control of yourself and doing it in a way that you can continue to enjoy. So don't just put the brakes on, don't um, stop your business necessarily, but be rational, be reasonable, be realistic about what you can do, what you can achieve, and let's enjoy moving forward day by day. I'm very glad you blew our time out a little bit more for those last comments because that that is really the essence. When you look back across the year, um, you could become exhausted. You could go, who, you know, what, why, what, what am I doing and why am I doing this? But uh, the, the chance to really rationalise what you do do um, can bring about a lot of uh, reflection but also the ability to, to see the importance of what you do but also the importance, as Matthew's just called out, around looking after yourself taking this opportunity over this holiday season to get a get a break, get a fresh uh, fresh wind, you might say, um, and uh, set sail for into a new year with new energy and new new focus. Matthew, it's been a delight to, as always, have you on today's show, but I uh, want to thank you for all the insights that you've given us on the ICB News Channel throughout 2023. Uh, we uh, we won't be making you a stranger in 2024. You'll be back uh, with us as I will be in the early parts of 2024. Um, I think um, it would be remiss of me not to call out the enormous amount of work that you do um, as advocate for the ICB inside those um, organisations that you've mentioned throughout today's show, the ATO, the Australian Tax Office, Fair Work, plus your work um, through our connection with Cosboa, as you mentioned, it is enormous. So uh, I hope you listen to your own uh, your own uh, words and do get a bit of a break yourself over this holiday season and uh, take the opportunity to, to really reflect on the things that are important in life and sometimes they aren't always just about business and, and bookkeeping. Um, it's really, really uh, been a pleasure to work alongside you. So thank you and I'll give you the chance to have a, a last word before I have a last word. Yeah, thanks, Rob. Look, you help make this stuff easy. And uh, I talk about all the resources we've done, knowing full well that it was you and your team that produced them. So, um, yeah, look, thanks, guys. Um, thanks for actually listening, being part of this community. Um, we we do have a great community that is helping Australia perform better. So thanks, Rob. Thanks, Matthew. And thank you to you for listening to today's episode of the ICB News Channel, but also throughout 2023. All the apps are there. All the episodes are there for you to go back and have a listen to during this season if you want to uh, to do that. And I'd encourage you some excellent uh, commentary throughout the year that you can tune into. But I want to take this chance to also acknowledge our amazing sound producer on this podcast, uh, Nathan Marshall, uh, ACRA winning, award-winning uh, sound producer again in 2023. Without uh, you, Nat, we wouldn't be able to uh, produce this show and uh, editing out noises like that one that just came through perhaps, I don't know. Uh, but uh, amazing work from, from you, Nat, and we thank you. Also, I want to call out um, Simone Emmett, our news editor, who uh, newsletter editor, who produces a lot of the content that we talk about on the ICB News Channel um, and has joined me throughout the year. Um, Simone, we really, really value your work. But we also want to thank all of the ICB team who contribute around that and uh, all our guests across the, uh, the, the last 12 months. They've been amazing. And uh, we've got all sorts of guests joining us now. I think we've got a dog barking in the background there. But uh, we're uh, very, very appreciative of everybody who's contributed in 2023 to the ICB News Channel. But finally, we just want to wish everybody all the very best for the Christmas season. If you're listening in and Christmas has been and gone, we hope that you've had a blessed Christmas. If, uh, if it's prior, we hope it's a good one coming up. We also wish everybody all the best for a new year, a new year full of rest and relaxation, we hope, and uh, a chance to charge those batteries we spoke about. And thank you for joining us again on the ICB News Channel throughout 2023. But right now, as promised, uh, we'd love you, especially our members, to just buckle in for a few more minutes as we have a special announcement uh, about exciting events that are coming up in uh, 2024. Some, um, some changes, but uh, like I say, some exciting events that are about to occur 
for bookkeepers, especially our members through the ICB in 2024, as we hear from our CEO, Amanda Linton. Hi everyone, and it's wonderful to be speaking to you on a really exciting event plan that we're looking at for 2024. Now, as many of you know, we've been running the ICB annual conferences now for well over 10 years, and we know that so many of you come and engage with us on those events as we travel around the country. But for 2024, we're doing something a little bit different and the team is super excited about what we have to bring to you. First and foremost, just to give you a little bit of background, we've re-evaluated our event strategy for this year on the basis of a couple of different elements. The first is making sure we are constantly bringing you the best value for money and the best value experience for you as a professional bookkeeper. We're also having to take into account the availability of event venues and also the impact on the ICB team to bring these events to you. So as part of our refresh, the whole event schedule is going to be super exciting for 2024. First of all, we're moving the Australian Bookkeepers Summit away from our normal March timeframe and moving it to October. The roadshow will happen as it has always done in previous years. But again, as I said, we'll be shuffled from March to October for 2024. The super exciting part about that though, is in alignment with Global Bookkeeping Week next year, we will also be bringing you the Australian Bookkeepers Summit two-day National Bookkeepers event. We are really excited about the opportunities this has, and we aim for this event to be nothing like you have ever experienced in our space before. It's coming to not only the ICB team, but also key partners and players in our space to talk to you more about how we do the business of professional bookkeeping in 2024 and moving forward. These will be hands-on sessions where you will get to role play, where you will get to do exercises and workshops and participate in growing your bookkeeping business and the services out to your clients, even much, much more than we have done before. The second really exciting announcement off the back of that event is we are introducing the Australian LUCA Awards in 2024 during that two-day event. These are the ICD versions of the Bookkeeper of the Year Awards. They are truly industry-led and we are super excited to be bringing them to you for the first time to Australia. So keep an eye out on all of our communications in early 2024 as we bring you much more information about what these exciting events will look like. Thank you for your ongoing support of these events and we are so looking forward to the new chapter of 2024.